All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Faith Talks. My name is Robert Fatum. And in uh, Faith Talks, what we do is we cover many different topics, uh, we cover matters of faith. Uh, so in this topic, we're going to be covering my testimony, how I discovered and met Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm also here with um, my co-host, Ibrahim. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Ibrahim Kapan, and we are the co-founder of Faith Talks. Yes. So here we are. Let's let's dive in. So here's my testimony. Um, I was basically born and raised uh, Houston, Texas, to a Jewish family, and uh, it was kind of a secular Jewish family. And you know, I was bar mitzvahed and, and went through all that. I uh, studied psychology. I got a law degree, and it was around. You know, I was around. Uh, I was 29. And I was starting to really, uh, the, the idea of death was really creeping up on me. I was getting scared, you know, thinking about it because I was thinking, you know, this can't be it. There's got to be something more to this. And so because of that, I, I decided to start seeking and I went into a philosophy chat room. And when I went into the philosophy chat room, I came across this other woman there and we sparked a conversation she she asked me a question she said do you believe in god and i said no and i gave her this i was very proud i, I gave her this big scientific spiel this logical philosophy you know all this stuff why i don't believe in atheism is a truth i was kind of a militant atheist and her response to that was she she started laughing at me and she said we'll see about that and i was like whoa Okay, here, I mean, all right, you know, so I, so I heard her out. She basically told me this story where she ripped up these photographs and mysteriously, the same exact ones that she ripped up, the actual ones, not a copy, the actual ones that she ripped up just reappeared. They just reformulated. They were there. She discovered them in a, in a book. And so somehow the crazy thing about this you know, I'm, I'm a skeptical personality, of course. The craziest thing about this is after hearing her tell me about this, I believed her. I asked her a lot of questions for over an hour, all these questions about the story. And I just believed her. I said, you know what? I believe you. And she said to me, you don't believe me. I was like, no, I do believe you. I do. And she said, no, because it has to happen to you. And so I was like, what? You know, and she said, you have to ask for a sign for yourself. So I did that. And so as I asked for a sign, there, there were two things I did there. Number one, I, I had money in, in Bitcoin at that time. And so I said, well, if God exists, you know, Bitcoin will skyrocket. But then I thought about it and I said, well, if that happens, I'm going to dismiss it as a, a coincidence. By the way, that did happen. This was in uh, 2015, this happened. So that it actually did skyrocket. And I probably would have dismissed it as a coincidence. So the other thing that I had was I said, I need a sign of something I cannot refute. There needs to be other witnesses. I don't want it to be something like, you know, where you just appear. I just get freaked out by that. So I want it to be something that satisfies my, you know, investigative uh, inquiring mind where I can really, you know, test this out logically that it needs to be something I cannot refute. So fast forward three months after that. My, on a Friday afternoon, my mom puts a key in the door and it breaks off in the door. I was living with my parents at the time that this happened. 
And so on Saturday, my mom and my dad were by the door trying to get the key out. I go over and I touch the broken key in the door. It's completely in the door and it's not shaking. It's not, uh, it's completely stuck in there. And uh, so I'm like, okay, the key's stuck in there. Nothing I can do about that. And so I continue with my life. On Monday, my mom calls me up. Uh, you know, she shouts out my name. She said, Robert, did you take the key out of the door? And so I go downstairs and I, um, I, I see my mom and my dad. They're there by the key. They're looking for the key. We're all looking for the key. And as we're looking for it, because it's not in the door anymore, as we're looking for it, we discuss the possibilities. We discuss the options. And so my dad is uh, discussing them. And, and the first one that he comes up with, uh, which is that someone else had to have taken it out the door. But we live in a you know nice suburban area. The lot sizes are generally pretty large. It's not, it's not an urban high traffic area. It was only in the key. Um, we were there on Saturday, so it would have had to have gone missing Sunday because we discovered it early Monday. So it was really only one day that it was really like for the full day that it was in there, not a whole lot of time. So it's not likely that they took the key out of the door then didn't come in the home. It's just a weird situ situation. So because of that, my mom and I were like, that's it's impossible. There's no way that that, that happened. So then my dad uh, thought, well, maybe an animal took it out. The first one's more likely than that. So he said, maybe the key fell out of the door. We're like, that, no, that just doesn't happen. Keys don't fall out of doors. So finally, he hit to the point where he goes, he just threw up his hands and said, you know what? I'm perplexed. There's no logical explanation why that key left that door. And so for me, it was all hitting me. It was, it was not, I, I was starting to get it. I was starting to realize, I'm like, that's nice. There's witnesses here. To this I, this is not just me you know going through a weird thought process i have other witnesses describing that there is no logical explanation we have something that just mysteriously vanished and even better yet my mom's reaction to it i could tell that she was having like a reaction there's something like higher going on the way her reaction she was just like this is the weirdest thing. This makes no sense. Like she was just confused by it. So I almost felt like a duty, an obligation to pacify her in that moment. So I told her, hey, mom, I asked for a sign. That's all I said. I asked for a sign. And she said to me, she said, that's it. That's your sign. So, so I responded to that knowing, okay, well, there we are. The thing is, I didn't, I wasn't very specific in, in what I requested for the sign. So it's just something else is out there. That's that's all I knew. I didn't know it was God or anything. So I was left to my own devices to come up with my own philosophy or whatever. I came up with I, I subscribed to some pantheistic theory of, of what it was, but after that, you know, it wasn't really a whole lot of investigation. So three years passed by. I'm working in a law firm as as this is going on. Three years passed by. And um so this was May 25th of 2015 when this happened. It was exactly to the day, May 25th of 2018. It's my first day. I was invited by a friend, a high school friend of mine to, to, to attend um, a home group that they have. So that was my first day of home group, May 25th. And I went there and I, I saw there and I was just like, wow, you know, this is just 
loving this is an ideal scenario this is just ideal but in my head i i had the reasons why you know i'm like you know what i'm safe i'm not going to lose myself to christianity being brought up jewish it's very you know there's a lot of um pride and and the jewish heritage and and so once you become christian it's like you're betraying thousands of years of this heritage that's the mentality so i thought you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna betray that and also i didn't you know want to abandon my logical agnostic or atheist i was still trying to be you know scientific and not just subscribing to stuff i had this view that you know christians were just illogical so so i thought you know what they're not going to convert me it's not logical enough so I don't have to worry about any of that. I can go there. And I, at the time, I happened to be interested in history. And uh, especially I was interested in Christianity. But so I had, I was like, you know, I'm safe from that. So I, I go in and I just ch check it out. And so I'm just joining along. And, and it's just great. It, you know, it was the nicest form of community that I've ever experienced my entire life. And um, so going on from there, uh, I, I, so I, I, I'm attending these home groups throughout the summer, and I get to a point where I'm getting a little bit impatient. Something's building up inside of me where I, I start really, I want to know what the truth is. So I start, um, I, I think about it, you know, I was like, well, last time I really talked to whatever's up there, I don't know what it is. Well, last time I talked to it, it responded back pretty well, you know, it, it granted my request. So maybe it will do so again. But so this time, I, so I, I spoke to it. I, I spoke, just started to speak, and I said, um, you know, I, I said, show yourself to me. I want to see you. I want to actually see you. I want to see what the truth is. So after that, um, immediately, uh, I then meet up with another high school friend of mine, um, and we we were getting like pancakes together, having breakfast together, and it's on a Saturday. So when I, when I meet with him. Um, I tell him everything that I've been going through. And he then tells me, you know, like the, the key story and all, and all that stuff. So what he tells me that he had an experience that when he was in middle school, that he was listening to a Tupac song. And there, there, there's a part of the song that is like, there's a, there's a heaven for a G. And so as he's saying that the music on his stereo starts increasing, the volume's increasing. It's one of those stereos that has the lines that fluctuate to the, the amplitude, the music. So that's going up, the general volume levels going up as the volume is increasing. And he's seeing it. So he's thinking, well, this is weird. Why is this going up? I must be sitting on the remote. So he looks around, he's looking below himself and, he, and he's like, well, where's this remote? He's looking for it and he sees it on the stereo. And then so he tells me, so he tells me this story and I'm, so my, I have an instinctive inclination to say, oh, well, you know, that's just, you just hallucinate or whatever. But the interesting thing is I realized at that moment that that's not the first time he told me that story. I completely forgot about that story. The only reason why that story was hitting my heart at that moment right there, it just, it just like hit me when he told me that. And it, almost, it hit me that that wasn't for him. It was for me. And the reason why I was convinced of that is because he was saying as that happened that it had no impact on his life. It had no meaning for him. It didn't change his life. It didn't have any of that, no meaning for him. But for me, I was seeking, I was searching. 
but it was the second time he told me this story. So why, you know, this the first time just completely dismissed it, didn't even enter my head because I, I wasn't, I wasn't seeking for anything. So I just closed it off and I had my presuppositions and that was it. But it was because I was in that mode where it hit me. I'm like, wow, it's a heaven for a G. You know, it's kind of like, there's a sense of humor there. You know, I'm, a, I'm not a G, I'm not a gangster, but you know, there's a heaven for someone like me. You know, so I was thinking that I was like, that's interesting. So I met my mom that night and I, I started telling, I, I bring up to her, it's just her and I, we're at the, my parents' home. And, um, and so I asked her, I, I said, hey, I, I haven't talked about this for three years, by the way. I haven't talked to her since it happened, the key story. I said, hey, yeah, you remember that key thing that happened? She said, yeah, that was the weirdest thing. And so uh, she then tells me about her friend uh, that was recently deceased. No, 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 no. Her friend had a husband that was recently deceased, and she was in her car in pictures a butterfly flood, uh, uh, fluttering around. She has like a mental imagery of that. And she's picturing her husband. And then she looks in the car and sees an actual butterfly fluttering around, a butterfly fluttering around in the car. And then it just disappears. She looks all over the car and is like, where did it go? And so as the key thing happened, because remember, because I was scared of death, when I found there's something else, my, my fear of death just kind of dissipated. I could kind of put it off a little bit. I wasn't as friends. Something else is out there. Everything's going to be okay. So for then, I was starting to fear death again. So this story, all of a sudden, my fear, I'm like, oh, I remember, like, because I'm talking to my mom, there's this story. I don't have to fear death again. I don't have to worry. Okay. But I just got some good information from my mom just by bringing this up. I wonder what good information I could get. Um, so I, so I tried pressing forward and, and I, I said that I subscribed to pantheism. So I tried, you know, getting confirmation from her that pantheism is the truth. She has no interest in talking about that. None at all. Like, I don't know. I don't want to talk. That's just fancy stuff. And I'm, so I was like, I was starting to lose my patience. So I said to her, okay, what do you believe the truth of this universe is? What do you, what do you, what is the truth? What do you believe? And she said, I believe the universe is a vine and we're all connected to it. So when we die, we're not surprised when we go back because we were there all along. And so in my head, I'm, I'm already thinking pantheism. So I'm like, that's, that's pantheism. And so the next day I meet with my friend, the, the one I met with uh, on, on earlier that same day. And so I'm like, I got to tell him pantheism is the truth. So I meet with him and I, uh, so I tell him all this story and, and all of that. And, and he's shocked and he shows me, um, he then pulls up John 15, where Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the vine. And from that, this is like another thing. It hit me. I was like, whoa, okay. Because my mom didn't know about John 15. There's a, there's a lot of mention of the vine in the Old, the Old Testament, but the, the, the revelation that we're all connected to a vine, that's, that's Jesus. That is that revelation. It hit me right there. That is a unique, and then that is a unique revelation. There's no way she could have known about that. Like, wow, you know? Um, so from there, you know, it really got me to thinking. Uh, so I, I then I meet with the pastor of the church for the home group, 
And he recommends this book, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And so I read that before that week, I was starting to, I'm getting like this idea, you know, there's got to be an objective truth out there. I was, before that was like kind of postmodern, truth is relative. We all have our own beliefs, but I'm starting to form the conclusion that there's one objective truth. So then that book has that same conclusion. And, and so it's like, I get that thing again, it just hits me again. And, and I remember reading it in my apartment and I was reading, uh, yeah, I was reading it. And as it's hitting me, I started asking again. I was like, you know, I just want to see what the truth is. I want to know what the truth is. Like, you know, what, what's real? And then, so as I asked that, my apartment was dark, but I could see there's kind of a light that outlays on my window where it forms perfectly across that I never saw before. I never saw this. This is the first time I saw this. And I was like, well, I started, I started tearing from that. And so it was at that point, I'm pretty stubborn though. So I just keep going back to square one after this. I'm like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, these are, these are bricks in the wall for evidence, but I'm not ready to make, make any conclusions yet. So, um, but I keep asking, okay, I want more, I want more signs. So I, I start then uh, talking about this objective truth to my dad. And, and then after that, I'm really getting to thinking. I'm in the car leaving from my parents' home. And I'm behind, I'm behind this other car. In my front right, there's another vehicle. And, and, but I'm not looking at this. I didn't see, I'm not aware, but I start praying. Um, I've started asking, you know, I did really, am I on the right path? I want to know what the truth is. And so I see in my, the car to my front right, I see on the, there's a bumper sticker. There's, there's a little, the, the little fish, which is the Jesus symbol. And then I see a cross on the car. And again, I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. But then, you know, a few minutes later, I'm like, well, those things are, I live in Houston, Texas. There's those things everywhere all, all over the city. So yeah, that's just, that's just coincidence. So a week later, the same thing. I'm in traffic. I'm caught in traffic and I do the prayer. But I remember the week before, I'm like, I don't want something small. I want something big. I want a big sign of what the truth is. And then so as I do that, the car again to my front right, this time in huge letters that's taking up the complete back window of the vehicle, it says, got Jesus with a question mark. Bam, I'm like, I take a picture at that point. I'm like, that, that's, that's mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing right there. So I chalk it up as another brick. It's another piece of evidence. You know, I'm not ready to make any conclusions yet. So at this point, um, so what I'm doing is I'm going online because I'm getting excited about this Christianity stuff. You know, I didn't accept Jesus myself. But online, I start telling other people, I'm starting to argue for the objective truth, that there's objective ethics, there's right and wrong. And I start telling people, I, I told someone that they need to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so, you know, I did that. I'm like, you know, I'm doing good things. You know, I'm doing good things here. And so I go into the home group and I tell them about it. And so all, most of them were very impressed. They're, they're satisfied to see, you know, here I was this, you know, kind of agnostic guy. All of a sudden I'm telling people they need to accept Jesus. That seems like I'm getting a lot closer to the accepting the truth. So a lot of them were very excited, except for one person who, you know, at point blank, he just said to me, he said, you know, this doesn't make sense though. I think, aren't you doing this in reverse? 
I mean, shouldn't you focus on your faith first? I think this is what God will want me to tell you. And so from that, ooh, I was starting to get angry hearing that because I'm like, who is he to tell me what God won't want me to be told? Who is he? He doesn't know. How does he know? So I'm just fuming. I'm starting to think and write a big letter to him. You know, for days, I can't stop thinking about it. It's the only thing I can think about. I'm just boiling in anger, just boiling. So finally, it was like that, that happened on a Friday. It was on a Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm so angry. I want this anger to be gone because I'm real. Uh, this is unhealthy. I can't sleep. I want this anger gone. I, this anger is of something else. It's like of another character, something that's like, I don't want this anymore. So I start praying. It's like midnight. I'm, I'm, I start praying. I'm like, all right, God, take this anger away from me. Take it away from me. I don't want this anymore. 30 minutes go by nothing. Pray again, God, please take this anger away from me. Please take this away from me. And if so finally, I, I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I do that, I start asking, I ask a question, why are you not taking this anger away from me? Why? Is it because he was right that you want me to focus on, on my faith first? And so as I ask that question, I then feel like the anger was just taken out like it was never there. And then all of a sudden I get this overwhelming like electricity just entering inside of me, like overwhelming my entire body. It was intense. And I, so I started saying out loud, I was like, okay, this is intense, please stop. And then it dissipated to my heart and just left. And I was like, okay. <laughs> From that, I was okay. There's there's a God out there. <laughs> there's 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 a God out there. You know, God. It's God, and He's a. It's probably one God. And this God is powerful. That was powerful that I experienced. And so it was around that time that I went to a a, a singles retreat um, that the church was the church was having. My friend told me before that he said a lot of people met their spouses at this retreat. And I was thinking, you know, my entire life I was looking for true love. This could be it. This could be my time to find true love. I want to find true. I want to meet the woman of my dreams. And so as I, as I went to the singles retreat, um, uh, there was a guest speaker there and he, he was speaking about Elijah and running away. But, you know, but I had all these questions that I, I had questions about hell, but I, you know, I just needed, I need to talk to someone, you know, learn more about, you know, his Christianity stuff. And so, so I, I, so it turned out that um, there's this cafeteria with all these tables and all the seats are taken except for there's one, there's like nine tables. So there's probably around 80 people at the retreat, something like that. There's one table that had a chair missing. And then there's this other chair with stuff in it. And then all the other seats are taken. I was, I was thinking, you know, it would be interesting if the seat that had stuff in it was the guest speaker. And I was like, you know, those Christians, they're good at brainwashing people. They probably like, I wouldn't be surprised if they arranged it. So he would sit next to me and then they would try to get me, you know, brain and convert me to their faith. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. And so lo and behold, I find out that they, they reveal, they say, oh yeah, the stuff, the, the, the chair that has stuff in it is the guest speaker. This is the guest pastor. That's, that's for him. 
I was like, they did, they did it. They arranged this for them. And then the empty seat is for me. This is arranged. So I'm sitting there just, just expecting at any moment the guest pastor would look over to me and say, so have um, heard you're a non-believer. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and say, you know, start, he, or he would just start going in the gospel, you know, starting to grill me about it. That's what I was expecting. The entire time they're talking about sports. They don't even talk about Christ or anything. They're just talking sports. And I'm like, what's this? This is going, this is obviously arranged. I'm, I'm the only one there that's not a believer. What's going on? Why are they talking about sports the whole time? <laughs> so finally, they're about to leave. Everyone's getting up to go, and the guest pastor's about to get up and leave. And so as he's about to get up and leave, I'm like, hey, hey by the way, I'm I'm not a believer, by the way. I don't believe, <laughs> I don't believe in <laughs> So I told him that, and he's like, oh, great. So so we sit down and we start talking for, uh, you know, several hours. He's just explaining Christ, the divinity of Christ, explaining, you know, going back to the Psalms, seeing where Christ is and all of that. And I'm just like, just feeling peace by this. So the next day goes on. Um, and, oh, yeah, before the next day, I remember talking to my friend James. He's the one that invited me uh, to the home group in the first place. And I'm telling James. I'm like, hey, you know, I'd like to meet with that guest pastor again. And I met this other guy there, and his name was Avery. He seemed something. I just wanted to talk with him. I want to spend more time with him. I want to meet with Sang again. You know, I like all these people. I want to spend more time with them and, you know, and, and Sang's wife. And so, so I told him all this stuff. So the next day, I'm feeling like real just... Ugh, something's not right, you know, all this anxiety. So, ugh, you know, I'm just not feeling good. I'm kind of sleep deprived, just unsettled. So I start praying, praying to God. I'm like, hey, I need the, you know, I need, I need help again. I need help. And so as I, so as I pray that all of a sudden, um, James sends me a text message. Hey, you want to meet up? And I'm thinking, man, this is great. This is timely. I need some help. I didn't tell him that, but I'm thinking that. So I go and I meet with him. We meet at this tea place. And so I go there and guess who was there? All the people that I told him that I wanted to meet with. Abraham was there. Uh, Singh was there. He ended up being my spiritual mentor in many ways. Um, Singh's wife was there. Um, and then um, uh, the, the pastor was there. And I'm like, oh, oh no, the, they're at it again. They're, they're, they're going to try to convert. This is the moment that they try to get me to accept Jesus Christ. Ah, So I'm there meeting. I'm like real nervous. And they could tell I was, they could tell I was pretty nervous, you know? And so, um, and we, we ended up not, we're just kind of doing small talk. In fact, Sang was talking about, you know, Genesis 1, and uh, he's talking about the tree of life, and, you know, it's all about choice. And then, and then all of a sudden, um, actually, so, so towards the end of the conversation, uh, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, this is nice. This is like a, you know, it, it was real coincidental that I met the guest pastor the day before, how that was all just happened to be there. I was the only non-believer. He's, his seat was right next to mine. And then all of a sudden he said, oh, you think that's coincidental? Because I revealed to him the list that I told about James of the people I wanted to meet. So, oh, you think that's coincidental? Because I think he knew that I, he thought that, that, that he knew that I was, I was saying it was all arranged just to get me to accept Jesus. And so he said, Here's what's even more coincidental. This whole thing was a mistake. Like this was confusion where everyone, like there, it was confusion over who was to take me to the airport. 
and Abraham just happened to be nearby. Was it James or was it Singh? So they just both came along, and, and, and Justy just happened to be with Singh. So Justy is uh, Singh's wife. So they just all happened to be there. And oh man, it was that that moment. I'm just like, whoa! All right, this is arranged, but it's not. It's not arranged by man. It was at that moment. I thought maybe it was the pastor arranging all this. So you like getting reports from everybody where I am and what to do, how to how to get me in. I was like, it's not arranged by the pastor. It's arranged. It's arranged by by God. God's arranged. The moment I realized, and, and as that realization hits me, um, the saying saying then tells me he just tells me point blank he's like you know god loves you so much he just tells me that and i've i've heard that sentence so many times by christians that is their theme it's i've heard that so many times but when he told me that it 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 felt like god was telling it to me directly and it just hit me I was like, all right, guys, I gotta, I gotta go. And after that, I got into my car and I just broke out, broke down in tears. Uh, yeah, I mean that just it hit me. Just knowing the revelation of God's love, it just really hit me. So at that moment, um, I'm still, you know, I, I meet, I, I tell my mom about all this stuff, and so she said, "What does any good Jewish mother do? She sets her husband, uh, sets her, <laughs> sets her." Um, sun up to go see with the rabbi so i go talk with the rabbi and i have all my reasons of why you know why christianity is right judaism is wrong i'm brand new at this i can't debate with the rabbi he knows more than me so i you know so i tell him you know why christianity is special heaven hell all this stuff and um you know it's just you know uh that there's an objective truth and that because that's what my mind was thinking about i didn't fully truly understand it but i understood a lot of it and so he says to me he says well judaism we have all we have all that stuff too and i was like well i don't know i didn't know what else to say to him so i go back home to my mom and 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 she, you know and um and so as i talk to her she's like all these things all these signs that you experienced because i told her about all the signs they're leading you back to Judaism. I say, my heart calls out to the church. That's all I had at that point. All I had at that point is any argument. And what I'm thinking of is my heart goes to the church. My, my heart is tugging in that direction. But in my head, my, my logical part, my mental part is thinking, man, I'm such a, such a sellout. You know, because I had all this pride of being very logical, like, you know, everything must have logical inductive. And you could say that for anything, if it's just your heart, you know, you so my heart leads the Buddhism, you know, whatever. So I, I was just kind of feeling like a sellout. So I go to the church on that, on that Sunday, and I'm just depressed. I'm not feeling it. Um, and, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm getting sucked in here. I got to get out of here. I, I just got to leave. They really are brainwashing me. I got to get out of here. And I, you know, and I'm like, I hope James doesn't see, I wasn't sitting with James. So I tried sneaking out the church as the service ends, sneaking out. And then James is there waiting for me. I tried sneaking by. He's like, hey, Robert, Robert, let's, let's have a, let's sit, let's sit and eat. And you can tell something was wrong. So he's, you know, and we're just doing small talk. I'm really just wanting to get out of there. I'm, I'm fixing the, finish the food there and just, just leave. And all of a sudden, I'm like done with my food. I'm telling, I'm about to tell James goodbye, and you know this is enough. And I've had enough of this. And all of a sudden, Justy, 
comes running over to me and uh and she was like um she like running like she's in a rush to say something and she says robert 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 like almost like she knew i was about to leave and one one more thing i got to tell you I, I meant to tell this to you last week but i i don't know why i didn't but the biggest breadcrumb the biggest sign is the one in your heart the one in your heart and so, I mean, it, did, it didn't hit me at first. I was like, why is she telling me this? What's going on? And, 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 like a moment, like some moments went by and it hit me. I was like, there's no way she could have known that that's what my internal dial. No way. Again, God is the one that sent her to tell me that in terms of my heart leading to the church, I was starting to connect the dots that the thing the, the overwhelming pull, the almighty thing that sent the overwhelming thing that was so intense that I had to tell it to stop went to my heart. It's all can the dots are starting to connect to me at that point. And so um, you know, so it's it's at that moment where I just, you know, things are there, there's one thing that's really holding me back. And that is the the um the you know, I know what Christians have to go through. I knew that historically they were persecuted horribly. I know that they have, they go through persecution. Jesus promises it. And so I was like, I don't know if I can go through that. I don't know if I can be eaten alive by lions. So I, so I tell, it was around New Year's and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with saying, and we're talking about it and it's all loving. I'm like, you know, this love is all great thinking that. But when it comes to the times to be eaten by lions, you know, right now it's all great. But when it comes to be getting eaten by lions, that's, I, don't, I don't think I can do that. You know, so I told him that. That's my concern. That's the thing holding me back. And he said to me, he said, you know, if there is ever a time that that has to happen, I really don't think it's going to be you gritting your teeth saying, oh, oh, this is, this is rough. Because I think that the Holy Spirit will provide you with peace. He will give you comfort for that time, if that ever, if that ever happens. And I just felt that peace by it. And then so, so it was a couple of days later, they're doing this house of prayer thing. And it was 300 people for the, uh, that were there. And so I just feel very, a big compelling drive to, to tell, to talk, to talk about something. So I, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I get up and I go up in front of everybody. I just start telling my testimony, tell them everything that I'm going through. And I say something I didn't mean to say at that point in time, but I tell everyone, I say, I have no reason to not accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I say that to everyone. Now. And I'm like, why? After I said, like, why, why did I say that? You know? So, so the pastor got up and he was like, well, then you better accept tonight then. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, a couple of days go on and I think it's on a Saturday and I'm, I'm just there and I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I already said it to everyone. It's going to happen. Like, I, I just got to accept. I got to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. All right. I'm going to get baptized next week on Sunday. And, and so, but I didn't tell any of the Christians this. 
first people that I tell that I make my confession to that I'm I'm now a Christian. I've accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. First people I tell were actually, you know, a- atheist Russians, and their first response to it is like, that's just stupid. Why are you giving your free will away like that? You know, the, and they're just cussing at me. And I'm just, I'm just like, I love you, you know, I'm just it's filled with love. So yeah um and then you know the amazing thing about this testimony to sum it up um was that basically when i was 29 i request for a sign and three months after i then get the sign that i'm looking for three years exactly three years after that day is my first day of uh, attending a home group or a church and then it was three days before my 33rd birthday that I was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, and so, um, yeah, that's that's my testimony. Okay, okay actually, oh, one more thing, one more thing to say about this. What the key thing, the key was put into the door on a Friday afternoon and that's when Jesus was put in the tomb. And so it would have had to have gone missing on a Sunday. That's the day Jesus was rose from the tomb. And so as, I, as I'm discovering this, as I'm coming uh, to this faith, I then tell this to the pastor who then he, he points out Matthew 16. It's the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That's what, that's what this is. And it's also in uh, Revelations, Revelations 3 that there's the keys of David. And this is talking about, you know, reaching out to the Jewish synagogue, which I found very interesting. I'm a Jew coming to Christ, reaching out, you know, I, I spoke with the rabbi. So those, those are very interesting things with that. I mean, it's God's perfect way of just tying everything together perfectly. My whole life story, all pointing to Jesus Christ. So that, that's it. That's my testimony. That's a wonderful testimony, Robert. Thank you for sharing us. And I just want to say, like, I heard your testimony over and over. And every time I get goosebumps all, all the time. And yeah, it's just amazing. And it's amazing also because I just want to say it's also your testimony connects my testimony in a way. So we are going to talk about my testimony, I think, next week, probably, if God yes. helps us. And and also, actually, we want to explain why we are doing this podcast. Why are we doing together? Uh, it's a good story. It's a good testimony, actually. So Robert said, let's do it in another podcast episode. So we didn't like get into the deep about why are we doing this. But we will share also that. So, yeah. For Yes. Yeah. And, you know, something, something made like the, every time I tell that testimony, it's actually, it's a little bit different every single time. Like this time it was like, I felt the, the presence of God coming on it. And in other ways, I, I don't even feel certain times. So it's like, even when I tell my own testimony, it's like something new, like experiencing God in a new way every single time I tell it, which is why I just love sharing it. I love sharing it. I love sharing it to people. So yeah, this has been, this has been great. This has been nice. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to my testimony. Again, it was, a, it was such a pleasure to share it with you.
And so that's all we have for you for today, for this episode. And uh, for the next episode, we're going to be talking about Abraham's testimony, Abraham's coming to Christ, which I'm very excited to talk about.